0: Hello and welcome to the Sunday Times Politics Weekly. This week we'll be walking you through some of the scenes which played themselves out in this past weekend's explosive three-day sitting of the ANC's National Executive Committee. And the questions we're going to be grappling with is, is the party's deep embarrassment enough to arrest the uh, allegations of wanton corruption? And is there an orchestrated attempt to undermine the next layer of leadership within the ranks of the party? My name is Tembilekele and I'm joined by comrades all the Sunday Times newsroom up here and Mawande Amashabalala.
1: See,
2: all, man. This icon is racist. I've never, ever been a spy. Can please. the BBS bank uh, loot? The problem is that pinky. I'll never subject myself to whiteness. Order. I'm listening. Okay, can you have consistency, honorable chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a ship. arms, can
0: you please come on in? the Order. No. Cool, so we have a lot to get through. Um, and if you can just uh, think back to the first few months of lockdown, it felt like things were dragging on, there wasn't too much happening. And now we're back into the normal programming of evaluating SPTPT, uh, starting with the corruption, or the eruption rather of corruption, uh, which began with PPE scandals here in Gaudeng. I want to take you back to 2016, though. Uh, with the then Gauteng uh, Chairperson Paul Mashadile. He's now the Treasurer General of the ANC. Uh, and this is what he had to say on the then former President Jacob Zuma and the party's position at the time.
2: Well, at the moment, I don't carry a mandate from the ANC to say Zuma must step down. You'll recall that the ANC Houting had taken that decision before. That the president must do the right thing after the post We didn't win that position in the ANC And as part of uh, the military organization, we had to go with the decision of the NEC. Uh, that's still the case, but it doesn't mean the NEC might not re- revisit these issues. Uh, but certainly we want to be counted among those who are really to say that uh, all this uh, problems that are happening, whether it's state capture, corruption, we, we fully
0: stand against all those things. I don't know if you remember that time uh, very well, but Gauteng, the ANC at least in had taken a firm stance against the former president, even before the Constitutional Court judgment around Uganda. They had this obsession with addressing perceptions in society uh, that the ANC was corrupt, and in the main, their concern was that it was having a detrimental impact on electoral support for the ANC uh, across the country, obviously, uh, but specifically within Gauteng. And if you look at last year's uh, outcomes of the general elections, the ANC in Gauteng uh, landed at 50%, which I think is an extremely dangerous position to be in uh, if you think you're going to be in charge for the next number of years. So Apio, how would you rate the province's handling of the matter this time around?
1: You are correct about the, the province. In fact, Uh, Dating back to even 2014 um, elections, um, their concern has always been about how Khaoteng is perceived, whether they are lobbying for a position within the ANC or how they are viewed uh, by the voters in Khaoteng. Because with the type of population you have in Khaoteng, whatever happens elsewhere in the country, they always feel that it directly affects them uh, because a huge chunk of the voters that are here are highly educated. um, uh, uh, They are uh, middle class, upper middle class, some of them, even uh, the township voter, they seem to believe uh, receive a lot of these scandals and they affect them. So how they reacted now, it seemed um, uh, to be, you know, in continuation with how they think uh, um, uh, the ANC should be uh, perceived or seen in terms of the issue of corruption. Um, you know, I- even people who are associated with the so-called corrupt people uh, in Gauteng, uh, whether those people are outside of Gauteng or, or, or are leaders of the ANC, they always uh, want to uh, the ANC in Gauteng to be seen as an exception uh, from uh, the norm. Uh, where, uh, or from other provinces. So it's not shocking that they took those steps. But whether or not um, those steps are enough, um, they're going to yield any result, um, uh, uh, whether or not uh, having a history of their own provincial integrity uh, commission with the dealing uh, with the issue of VPS, for instance. Um, we it it's, We'll have to see as time goes by. But... Uh, it was not surprising that they took such a step that they took, even when those alleged uh, to be involved in corruption, such as the MEC of Health, who is uh, known to be uh, an ally of um, uh, the current premier. Um, I mean, you could hear the premier um, uh, speaking about uh, his disappointment uh, that his MEC, who was leading the charge. Uh, in the fight against coronavirus has to now step aside and clear his name. You could you could see it from his face that he's deeply disappointed. Uh, uh, he had uh, projected himself as one of those leaders in the ANC who's anti-corruption and he had stood in public platforms and, 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 and spoke strongly against uh, corruption. And even when this thing started with the Department of Health, when there were investigations, he seemed to believe that they would find nothing untoward insofar as linking the MEC of health.
0: So three uh, leaders of the ANC in Gauteng, MMC uh, Loiso Masuku, uh, as you've mentioned, MEC uh, Dr. Bandide Masuku and PEC member Kusela Diko, all uh, taking a leave of absence from their positions in government last week. Uh, but let's maybe revisit uh, the press conference where David Makura addressed the matter specifically on uh, Dr. Bandide Masuku last week.
2: Uh, At this point, I'm really, really disappointed uh, to have an MEC who has been leading in this front uh, very well facing allegations that I can't ignore. Uh, This cannot be ignored by any serious government, nor can the ANC ignore, and the ANC itself has taken specific decisions. So we know, as a fact, as the premier of Hauteng, I'm therefore giving MEC Masuku leave of absence, Uh, initially for the next four weeks, we're hoping that all these investigations will be completed uh, in this period uh, so that the the full report of the special investigation unit comes to the fore. Uh, And these many allegations that have been thrown his way, will. uh, it is not advisable for him to to be bedeviled by those instead of focusing on the battle in our hands. And the battle in our hands is to save life.
0: So that was uh, Premier David Makura last week responding to the ANC's decision, uh, the ANC which he also leads in the province uh, as the chairperson, to have a conversation with... Uh, Dr. Mandile Masuku, Alois Masuku, MMC, and Presidential Spokesperson, but also, in this context, PC member Diko, to step aside from their positions in government. We're going to come back to the discussion around the so-called attack on young people in the party, but if we can just come to the ANC and Gauteng, uh, they have an integrity commission of their own, and similarly to the one that exists within the mother body, uh, we don't see that their recommendations, their findings are taken very seriously. Mawande, if we come back to the matter of uh, Kedani Mashangu and Brian Flongwa, there was a decision uh, or a recommendation, as it's called, that they be uh, suspended from their roles in government in the case of Mashangu, but also within the PEC. And it appears as if the party had chosen to dismiss that recommendation. How do we know that their work will be different this time, uh, Mawande? So, uh, yeah, stay you
3: know for me the integrity committee of the ANC is uh, a, a, a to put it bluntly as part shop. It shop it is a body which i i, I really don't think uh, any ANC leaders take seriously and it has its own self to blame in the inconsistencies in which it does its job uh we've seen before how it is uh you know sort of seems scared to investigate certain individuals of the ANC even when it does investigate uh, individual leaders of the NC who are facing allegations of wrongdoing, to some it makes harsh recommendations like being suspended, uh, we've seen with, especially when it comes to these small leaders, regional leaders uh, of the ANC, but when it comes to national leaders, it never seems to take a particular strong stance. We know now that there's confusion around what is their recommendation on the investigation that they did on the Deputy President Didi Mabuza and they are the one time we knew that they cleared him, this time they come out saying they didn't clear him. It is the same case at the provincial level, perhaps then uh, forcing the NC uh, NEC and PECs not to take it serious because they, 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 they also want to avoid a, a position whereby they are not seen to be, uh, you know, uh, choosing factions or being harsh to others and while not acting on others. So I think the ANC has got to decide firmly. So I know it was a raging debate on whether to constitutionalize the Integrity Committee uh, to its uh, constitution in Nazareth, but it seems to have never uh, come out to anything because to this date, it is not a constitutional structure. It's just one of the uh, not so serious subcommittees of the NEC. And, but na- that, that is neither here nor there for me what will be a defining moment on whether the ANC in Gauteng takes allegations of corruption that are facing their leaders is the investigation that is conducted by the SIU and that of the provincial government on the matter of the Masukus and uh, Mrs. Missistigo. Uh, because if then the investigations come out adverse against them, uh, it will be interesting to see what sort of action does uh, the ANC and the provincial government take against uh, the implicated individuals if they don't take any harsh action then uh, it might people might as well forget about the NC taking corruption seriously but if the findings are adverse and the NC acts decisively I think they might be they might be able to salvage uh, the, the the little that is left of the of the of the trust that they have with the public uh, especially going into the 2021 local government elections next year still
0: so if my memory serves me correctly, I think the first talk of the formulation or the establishment of the Integrity Commission came in 2012, I think it was, uh, the Wong Elective Conference. But the matter was raised again during the 2015 National General Council. Uh, and here's what NEC member Nomvula Mokonyane had to say at the time.
3: The commission is constituted of members of the African National Congress whose record is not questionable who do not have any interest whatsoever in terms of contesting for leadership. And therefore, as we give this Commission the responsibility, we must also give it the authority to make decisions. And that upon making those decisions, the Commission can then present those decisions, not recommendations, decisions to the National Executive Committee, so that the ANC can, can be appraised of that.
0: Not recommendations, decisions, is uh, what Numbula Mokunyane said in 2015. So there's a big row-row now uh, over a report uh, by the Commission which um, surfaced last week. And the report basically was dealing with Uh, an interview process that the commission had with Deputy uh, Finance Minister David Masondo as well as Minister Lindywe Sisulu. So there's a lot that has been said about the Masondo uh, findings. They've asked that he step aside as principal of the Tambo school, as well as his position in government as deputy minister. Then on the matter of uh, Lindiwe Sisulu, she's made what they thought to be disparaging remarks about the reports, about the commission rather. And in the report, they say that they found it interesting in their discussions that a lot of the reports that they table with the officials are not finding their way to the NEC. And they go as far as to suggest that the officials, the top six are hiding or ignoring the reports purposefully or uh, intentionally from the NEC. Up here with a suggestion made again last week uh, that they be given a constitutional mandate, something that would allow them to exist as a structure so that they can report directly to conference and not have to go via uh, the officials to make their reports known. Uh, Do you think that this would be um, the right move for them to take in terms of giving them some muscle, this teeth, this conversation that comes up every few months of it's, it's a
1: difficult process. We, we must always bear
0: in mind that our members of the
1: ANC, EC, at least, are elected members by Congress. Um, so it would be Congress that needs to give that power for the party to be able to, uh, instead of um, their disciplinary committee, uh, have the, uh, uh, the integrity commission. Have those powers to deal with those members and even fire them if that, that be the case. Similarly, in a manner that uh, the then ANC Youth League uh, leadership was dealt with. But going back to uh, the committee not having teeth, um, they are stuck uh, in a, between a rock and a hard place because how do you then uh, go ahead um, and give them power? Uh, that is independent um, or rather, how do you take their recommendations and now and make them decisions so if it's a decision is it then a final decision um, what then becomes of the person who is, uh, has as an adverse finding against by uh, the commission uh, So it's a difficult uh, uh, spot where the ANC finds itself. Uh, I guess maybe um, it would assist them to look at what other parties, have uh, done uh, to deal with disciplinary matters. Uh, But it was quite odd um, when we were uh, dealing with that uh, story last week, which mentioned the deputy president to be specific, uh, how the party seems to not uh, take uh, the commission as serious at all as the country. uh, We were all uh, shocked, if you may, when uh, Deputy President decided that he was not going to be sworn in uh, until his name is cleared by the uh, Integrity Commission. And when he, he, he stepped up and was sworn in as an MP and then as a Deputy President, we sort of, even though um, you would have taken a stance that says uh, uh, you don't agree with him being cleared, but it was put to us as he's being cleared by ANC processes, and therefore, as people who in, in the majority, that is the South Africans voted for the ANC, they had to accept whether they agree or disagree. Now, a year later, you find out, uh, in fact, that he was not cleared by the commission and that the commission, as soon as it came out that it seems as if he's cleared, they objected to it and said, no, we never cleared the guy. So between a whole year passed, um, and the ANC never even discussed the matter. So it, it, it shows a, 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 an organization that puts out structures or measures that are solely for PR purposes. And as soon as they start to touch on people who would threaten uh, power, or the stronghold on on, on, on uh, state power, then they start to ignore and and bypass certain processes. That's what I would have picked up from the debate uh, coming from uh, the previous weekend. Uh, And I think that's what people should pick up from the story that we wrote um, uh, in the weekend.
0: So I want to talk about the outcomes of the NEC around discipline, but first, a walk down memory lane.
1: All of us, there. In the nec have our smaller uh, skeletons and we don't want uh, to take out uh, all uh, skeletons out because they will be or oh, hell will break loose
0: so the nec emerged this weekend with some decisions on what to do around the matter of discipline but i think our reports in the main center around this lack of consistency and the debate that took place there, which essentially comes back to this point that was made by NEC member Batabile Lamini about everyone having something in their closet that they didn't want anyone else to know about. And moreover, what the ANC does when these skeletons do emerge. And so our understanding... Uh, was that there was a situation in the NEC this weekend where people were saying, we can't deal with this one when we didn't deal with this one. And this one then turns around and says, no, but I was not dealt with. Why must this one be dealt with? So a Mexican standoff uh, of sorts. uh, And what we understand the outcomes to be now is that the top six, the officials have been tasked with compiling a list of people that have been implicated. They're going to Uh, investigate them I suppose and then come up with some recommendations um, around even stepping down from their positions in government and in the party and so on uh, I have reservations around this whole process because essentially you have, uh, for example, the SG's son being implicated in PPE contracts in the free state. And you're now saying that he must be part of the investigation that will be looking into his own son. In the case of the president, you have a spokesperson that also falls uh, part of this group of people that are implicated. So, Mawande, what are we to expect of this investigation uh, by these very conflicted officials?
3: It, absolutely nothing, there is nothing that will come out of it uh, because of that uh, corruption PD contest that was going on there at the ANC. That is exactly what is at the core of the ANC uh, today. Because in, in actual fact, generally, almost the entire, that entire NSC, all those members in one form or the other, because we can also not pretend like issues of corruption or allegations of such are emerging for the first time now with these uh, PPEs for, for, for coronavirus. They've always been there. Others have long been implicated before, but they are still members of that uh, structure of the ANC, which is its highest decision-making structure between uh, conferences. So there's really nothing to expect out of this. As you put it correctly, the same people who are going to investigate are conflicted right from the get-go, but they go ahead. It's just another exercise that is a complete waste of time, not uh, much different from the waste of time that is the integrity commission of the ANC. So there's really nothing to expect. But I think, generally, the issue of corruption in this country has got to do with the general lawlessness uh, that we have in this country generally because we, 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 I think, we miss the point when we just look at, at up there at the thing. You know, this week I was reading a piece about how. Rwanda has been able to deal with corruption and how corrupt that country used to be. To the lowest man on the street, I mean, the, the person who wrote the piece was making an example about how 20 years ago when they used to go uh, via Rwanda, I don't know to where, co- with a connecting fight, flight, the, of, the, the customs officials, they would hold the passport until they missed the connecting flight because and she didn't know at the time that you have to put in some dollars within your passport for it to be processed faster so that you can connect the flight. But she was saying that today that is no longer happening because there was, you know, huge reforms in how a law and order is maintained in Rwanda under the current president, uh, Paul Kagame. And it starts right from the bottom, right from the top down to the bottom, whereby people say that for wrongdoing or for Anything that is illegal, corruption, fraud, or otherwise, there will be consequences. But in this particular country, there are no consequences. And if there are no consequences for the people at the top, the people on the streets are not going to respect it. It is us who will be bribing traffic officers at the roadblocks when we are drunk or we are breaking this or that traffic law. So generally, and also for the answer is too much inward looking state. That's the other problem that I have with this new uh, thing that they say they're investigating because we have law enforcement agencies in this country, plenty of them. Uh, we know that, for instance, the president established that centre, which comprises of several law enforcement agencies, to investigate this PPO contract. Why don't those agencies do their work? Any other time that there are these allegations of corruption, we've got SIU, we've got the Hawks, we've got the South African Police Service, we've got all sorts of uh, you know these uh, law enforcement agencies, which are supposed to investigate anyone. It doesn't matter now. Uh, being an ANC leader or an ANC member doesn't make you special that you have to be investigated by the ANC, by the ANC, your party, which has got an interest in you being implicated in that it will embarrass the party. So I think we also have to have an AC moving away from that inward-looking approach and allowing law enforcement agencies of this country to do their work without interference. And those that ought to be arrested, be arrested, people see that there's consequences. And then the country will be able to move uh, forward, and there will be less of these cases. But as long as we continue in this route of an agency itself, wherein it has a direct interest in the outcomes of that investigation. Because even if they can find, let's say, for an example, their SG to be on the wrong with the issue of the sons that benefited from PPEs in the free state. What are the chances that the ANC will say our SG was implicated and therefore must step aside? Because that paints then the party in bad light that the entire CEO, a guy who is responsible for the day-to-day running of the organization is involved in, 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 in wrongdoing. And therefore, what, why should people trust such a party where the highest person in the day-to-day running is implicated in such things? So we can never expect the NC to come out with such uh, recommendations. Hence, I say these things must be handled by organs of the state in the law enforcement sector. We're
0: just about out of time, but I want to speak about the future of the party and whether or not they're under siege. First, let me take you back to a young Kusena Diko in 2012.
3: I think the view of the ANC Youth League at this point in time is that there's the need to accelerate the pace of change. Uh, President Zuma has been at the helm uh, of, of the ANC for the last five years and we think insofar as the mandate that he was given, he has done fairly okay, but we need to change. Um, and that is why we're calling for a leadership that's going to be a lot more decisive, a leadership that is going to be energetic, and that's why we speak about generational mix, nominating Comrade uh, Figil Mbalula for Secretary-General. And we speak about a, a leadership that's going to restore to the ANC its integrity and the confidence of the people. Hence, we want Comrade Khalima Mutlante to take over as ANC President.
0: That was Kusela Tiko speaking on behalf of the ANC Youth League that were advocating for a generational mix to emerge. In the 2012 elective conference. Up here, uh, we're seeing the like of uh, the Masukos, Kusela Tiko, uh David Masondo, who's 45 but considered to be young in the ANC. There's this view that they are not misbehaving but that they are under attack. Where does it come from and is there any truth to it, real quickly?
1: When it comes to the issue of uh, the Masukos and, and the Tigo's um, tender links, it's being mischievous. People are just reaching. On the uh, on the Masondo angle, um, I don't know. Um, I read that uh, report and, and so far is, um, it, it, it has to do with, um, with him and his actions. It's quite tricky uh, until that legal matter is solved. So you put young people there and they have now proven... Uh, to be not uh, uh, as less misbehaving as the elders, and um, insofar as tenders are concerned, insofar as it has to do with issues that have to do with abuse of power, with extramarital affairs, and on and, and, and all of that, um, so I, I don't know. I, I think maybe they must give us. Uh, um, different cases. I don't want to speak for Masondo. Um, I think he must resolve his matter with the law enforcement agencies and uh, uh, the lady who feels uh, estranged. Uh, but insofar as it has to do with the Masugus and Kusela, uh, Tiko, I-, I think that's a wrong example. They, they must bring someone else. Uh, really, I-, I-, I don't buy that argument insofar as it relates to
0: them. And the lost part, or young people under siege? Well, there is no young people
3: under siege. First of all, the, the, all the bad things that are happening within the ANC are institutionalized, in that it doesn't matter whether you are old, whether you are middle aged, whether you are young. We know that corruption within the ANC structures happens even to the level of uh, their student movement. That being Sanskrit, there has long been a track record of corruption and chowing students money at that level. So really, I think it's just one of the scapegoat excuses to say young people are under siege. ANC needs a complete moral uh, regener- uh, regeneration and collapse uh, the entire thing and start afresh. That is the only way for the ANC to reform itself and be a proper organization that it was set out to be. But as it stands, young, old, middle age, they are all the same. Collapse the whole thing, start from scratch. Thank you.
0: That's all we have time for this week on the Sunday Times Politics Weekly. If you have liked what you have heard from us, please do feel free to subscribe and leave some reviews on your favorite podcast platforms, including Iona FM, Spotify and Apple. We'll catch up with you again next week.